0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink, who expands your life. Art, you're chuckling. (laughs) I love it. I've been working on expanding your life for a while. We've known each other for quite a while. You have successfully expanded my life.
1: (laughs) I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) So I'm thrilled to have you with me here today. Folks, this is Art Coombs, who is a leadership expert... A speaker, a business leader, a mentor, uh, someone who's been around the block a few times and has noticed a few
1: things.
0: (laughs) And Art, I've been looking forward to having you on my show. Well, you're good. Probably for a couple of years. It's a pleasure to be here. You just finished what I believe will become one of the next leading business books. On leadership, specifically, it's called Don't Just Manage, Lead. So there's a difference, huh? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I think we'll probably get into that a little bit today. <laughs> Share with our listeners just a little bit about where you're coming from, what uh, what your experience has been. Why should we listen to you?
1: Ah, that's a good question. Somebody asked you that recently. <laughs> so, 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 that's a good question. Um, no, I, I guess the the catalyst, the impetus of the book is Mm -hmm. I gave a presentation in Paris, Mm -hmm. France, not Idaho. Uh And (laughs) I gave a presentation back in 1991 and it was really sort of a takeoff of a white paper that another consultant had done called uh, better leaders, not better managers. Mm. And it has morphed over the 25 years that I've been giving this presentation. And, over the last 10, 15 years, I've laced in some very personal stories. Mm-hmm. And the more personal I get, the more vulnerable I get, mm-hmm. the more raw I get, the more it resonates with people. And um, so that's where it goes. Um, I, I have my career has sort of been in customer service. Right. Um, Lately, though, over the last uh, 20 years, I've started a number of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, some have been successful and some have been not so successful.
0: And all of them have successfully <laughs> taught you things, haven't they? Absolutely.
1: There's no question about that. <laughs> Sometimes you learn more from the ones that There's tank. no question about that. In, in fact, I often I often smile at people who go, well, that one didn't last very long. And I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, but there were a lot of great lessons learned.
0: Right. <laughs> Start failing faster, start learning faster. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Fail with grace, fail forward.
0: So you bring bringing a lot of personal experience to this, not only in business, but in other aspects of life. And you're noticing that there are some common principles. In fact, you shared a story with me over lunch about how a, a characteristic doesn't just show up in this context or that context. It tends to follow you around through your life. Absolutely. And that's part of what you're getting at with this leadership versus management idea.
1: A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think the story you're referring to is uh, we, I was the CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. Oh, golly, I think it was about uh, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we had about 600 employees, and we had one individual that was, a, was a habitually coming in late. Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't be a big deal if I were in a marketing or an engineering firm because you can make your own hours as long yeah. as you get your job done. But this is a call center. It's very much like retail. You know, the doors open There's at 8. business hours. Yeah, and, it, and right. it, it's not acceptable to be there at 8.15, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, he, this individual was habitually coming in late, and the account manager had talked to him several times. Finally, they called in the big guns, the CEO. The CEO, Mr. And, Art Coombs himself. <laughs> exactly. And they said, can you help us? Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, let me take a whack at it. So I was down talking to the receptionist and Doyle comes in late. Mm-hmm. And I said, Doyle, can I talk to you for just a few minutes? And I pulled mm-hmm. him into the hallway and I said, hey, you, you can't come in late like this. And right. you know, We need you on the phones at eight o'clock. So you should be here at 745, 755 at the latest so you can be logged yeah. in ready to go. And he assured me, oh, yeah, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. A week later, he comes in late again. Hmm. And so I called him up to my office to set a bit of a difference there, set the mood. Yeah. And I said, Doyle, I thought we talked about this. Oh, no, no, no. I promise. I promise I'll, I'll be on time. Won't happen again. Third time it happens, I pull out numbers, and I start showing him the effects of him not being here on time and how it affected our bottom line and yeah. morale and All everything the quotas else. quotas and everything. yeah. Else. And he goes, I had no idea. I'll be here on time. Mm -hmm. Fourth time, he comes in late, and now I'm at the end of my rope. And I said, Doyle, if this happens again, I'm going to write you up. We're going to go to HR. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, he doesn't want that to happen. Draw the line in the sand. I drew the line in the sand, you know. Mm. And sure enough, a couple weeks later, here he comes in late again. What? Exactly. So <laughs> I, pu- I pulled in a good friend, actually, it's someone you and I both know, yeah. a, a gentleman by the name of Kirk Weasler. I said, Kirk, I need your help. I need you to save me because I had drawn a line in the sand here with Doyle, and, and I need you to go talk to Doyle. Kirk was very well mm-hmm. aware of the situation. So later that mm-hmm. afternoon, I noticed Kirk and Doyle in a little conference room, and they have that side window on the conference room. It about, yeah. It's about 12 inches thick. You still have privacy. Just but you, enough that you, you can peek in and you see You can see what's, what's going on. Right. And uh, Doyle is very, very somber. And Kirk is laying it on. Oh, yeah. And as I watched through the window, I was excited. I was like, Kirk, good for you. Yeah. Give him some tough love. This is what he needs. You need. sigged your dog <laughs> on him. <laughs> this is what he needs. He needs to right. be sort of verbally slapped upside the head. Yeah. Well, that quickly changed, and I noticed Doyle completely breaking down. He's now sobbing. Oh. Tears coming all over the place, and my <laughs> paradigm instantly changed. I was like, Kirk, you went too far. Just back off, you dude. were You were way too hard on him. Wow. So a few minutes later, they get up, and they embrace, which I also thought was kind of strange, given the whole scenario I had been watching. hmm Sure. They open the door and i now could hear the conversation and doyle was very sincere and said kirk i had no idea it was this big of a problem i had no idea it won't happen again and they gave each other a quick hug but the sincerity and mm-hmm. the just just how real it was it wasn't it wasn't what i was getting when i was talking to doyle right so and I it's ver- not what you thought it was through the through the window. Either. I didn't know what I, I, I didn't know what had happened. It was it spun seriously 180 times at least two or three times as I was watching it. Yeah, my right. my perception of what was happening. So I called Kirk into my office later that afternoon as we were about ready to head home and I mm-hmm. said, "Kirk, what took place?" And Give me he, the rest of the story. Yeah, right? yeah par. Give me the rest it. of the whole story, right? Yeah. And so um, Kirk said, we sat down and Doyle started in with his excuses and Kirk shut him off real quick and said, Doyle, this is not about work, right? This is not about work, which must've come as a big surprise because the CEO, that's all I talked about was work. It's all that matters. <laughs> and so good manager. And so, Doyle looked at Kirk very perplexed, and Kirk looked him straight in the eyes and said, you're not late for work. You're late for life. Mm. And then he went in and said, Doyle, you're late for sending your mother a Mother's Day card. You're late to send your wife an anniversary card. You're late for going to your son's Little League game you're late for paying your utilities you're late for church you sit on the back every single week you're late for doing your yard work you're late for paying your utility bills you're late for doing maintenance on your car and with that the gravity of what was happening sunk in and that's when Doyle snapped that's when Doyle broke down and I said Kirk how did you know all those personal things Mm -hmm. and he said a characteristic trait like that doesn't manifest itself here at work and not show up at home. In other places. In other places. And I tell the story, leaders, Ah. real leaders have the ability to inspire. They ignite people. They inspire people that want to follow them. Managers use numbers. And there's always a veiled veiled threat that if you don't do what I tell you to do, there's going to be some serious consequences. Now, management's good. Mm -hmm. There are some good things about management. You have to manage. Leaders, though, don't typically have to do that. And Another good example I like to give people, I have horses. Yeah. And if you've ever seen horses, I can get behind my horse with a whip or a crop, and I can Mm -hmm. get my horse to go where I want him to go, how fast I want him to go there, and I can get him to do what I want him to do. But it's, it's not sustainable, and it's not fun. It's not fun for me, and it's not fun for the horse. In, right. In fact, it can be dangerous, because over time, the horse is going to resent it. That's They can kick. They can do all sorts of things to act up. Hmm. Now, I can still whip them, and they'll go where I want them to go, but it's not fun. You
0: know, I, I just thought of another application of that art just as you were sharing that because you can stand behind them with a crop or you can stand in front of them with a carrot you or you could inspire them to know that their nature as a horse is to go do the
1: horse thing you don't you don't even need the carrot you don't, you need, don't need the carrot or you, the crop you, you don't need the carrot or the crop if, if you develop a relationship leaders have this ability to create a bond an attraction right. between those that they lead and themselves, and those they lead will intuitively, instinctively, they want to follow you. In fact, of when course. I when I talk to people, I I often say, just just think about it. Just, just close your eyes and think about that. Maybe it's a high school coach. Maybe it's a high school teacher. Maybe it's a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, mm-hmm. a big brother, a cousin, or a manager you had or uh, someone that you just enjoyed being in their presence. Yeah. They, they spun off energy. Right. You, you enjoyed, you wanted to be where they were, where where they were. You wanted to go where they were going. It's you, like your whole desire is to rise to a higher level. You wanted to go and, and you bought into this vision and this plan. Right. Leaders, leaders have the ability to do that. And, If you watch me go into a a pasture with my horses, I don't need a crop. They just literally... They come to you. I could walk in circles for five, ten minutes, and they would walk in circles with me.
0: Well, they know you, and they know that you
1: love them. That's a a soft, squishy concept, right? We're talking about leadership. But it's true. It's true. I, I I think you touch on something. Managers... All too often, we have this vision. I think the world sometimes has this vision that leaders are these stoic individuals that make hard decisions unemotionally, right. making the hard call with the stiff upper lip and blah, blah, blah. That's not a leader. That's a manager. That's a manager. Yeah. Leaders are emotional. If I terminate someone and I don't feel absolutely sick that I am affecting this person's livelihood and their family, And I guarantee you, I will shed tears. Leaders are vulnerable.
0: Yes. And they inspire others to see a a more
1: truthful version of themselves. Leaders are vulnerable, Mm. and they aren't scared to show that vulnerability.
0: I think we could do something with that. (laughs) Stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute. on purpose radio listeners the fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development your personal development library should include copies of both of my books pathological positivity and the pocket-sized companion portable positivity there's a dot-com for both titles so you can share these books with others i also have a special offer just for listeners of the show Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R.
1: Said, as we look ahead into the next century, leaders will be those who empower others.
0: So, Art, you've been practicing this leadership. You've practiced management, too, apparently. The story that you shared (laughs) about Kirk. I did
1: lots of management. That's probably why i practiced more.
0: And you know what? I know Kirk is a dear friend of mine as well. And the last time we were together, he mentioned you. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I texted you right after that because I wanted you to know why your ears were burning. But he speaks of you in such high regard as an important influential leader in his life. And, and here you share a story of when you were doing a, a darn good job managing, except the behavior wasn't changing, <laughs> no, no right? <laughs> uh, and then Kirk shows up as this inspired leader, and he teaches you something. Oh. And we do that all the time. As, as we hang out and rub shoulders with people who inspire us to be a better version of ourselves. Those are the true leaders in our life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. What have you observed as you've made a life study of this, really? Well, for me, I don't know if it's a life study. It's just an observation. I I look at, again, incredible people that I have wanted to follow. Mm -hmm. I have been the follower. And I look at why. Why do I want to follow this person? Why is this person so good to be around? Why do I wake right. up and I want to be in this person's presence? I wanna go to work because this, one, this person is so dynamic and so just interesting. And there are some characteristic traits I believe, for me, and, and we could debate, there's probably a gazillion characteristic traits of leaders and we could debate which ones are most important. For me, one of the most important ones is communication. Mm. Leaders have the ability to communicate. It's not necessarily around charts and graphs. Leaders right. will attach a story. They'll draw an emotion. So if, mm-hmm. if, if you think about, uh, and I hate sort of, well, it's close to Veterans Day, so I'll use a sort of a military <laughs> mm-hmm. metaphor. But if you think about that soldier that's about to do something that no one in their right mind would do, take right. that hill or take that beach, Mm-hmm. When their very life is on the line, they're doing it because they're inspired. It's not because some military leader said, "Here's a chart and this is what we're going to do." And this somebody motivated mm. this individual to do some incredible things st- ag- against yeah. incredible odds. The stories add the meaning, the purpose. The story the is why. The story is the why, and the story is often what triggers that emotion for us to do things, leaders tell stories. And what I've learned over the past 25 years, they often tell personal stories. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was very reluctant to tell personal stories because I didn't want people to think, one, I was arrogant in any way. And uh, uh, I also was, I had my own gremlins. Who would want to hear that story? Who would want to hear a story about my son? You know, Kai.
0: That's a pretty good question, Art. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. sometimes it's not a question, it's a statement disguised as a question. You're trying to make an argument to withhold the story.
1: Yeah, it's and so but the more I found I tell stories about my kids. Yeah. And about uh, and so I I I draw one of the points I make in the book and I often do in my presentations is leaders have a way of tapping into people's skills. And they're right. not going to ask someone to do something that isn't a natural skill. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite sayings, Albert Einstein is the original author. Mm. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its entire life thinking it's stupid. Yeah. My, and my, yeah. Son, my younger son isn't like his older brother. His older brother's this charismatic... Athletic kid, he's yeah. he's the monkey climbing trees. Yeah, my younger son's a fish, and the fish swim and have incredible talents all on their own.
0: <laughs> he and, can outswim a monkey any he day. He can
1: outswim <laughs> a monkey any day, and he's so talented in so many other ways. Yeah, but if we judge again a fish it, for, by its ability to climb a tree, it'll think it's it's stupid its entire life. Right, so. In work, though, we often do that. We, we, we need to s- assess the skills, the real skills of an individual so they can feel good about coming to work. They want to be successful. Give them something they can be successful at. You know what? That is such a simple concept, but we lose sight
0: of that a lot of times. People want to be successful. They want
1: to succeed. They want to do the right things. But they're striving within themselves right. to do that. But the, the manager focuses, if I'm building a house and I'm managing, mm-hmm. I'm focused on the house. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really care if you're a good hammer, if you mm-hmm. use a hammer well or not. That needs to be hammered. Go hammer it, Paul. Right. Right? But you might be the most amazing screwdriver user. Right. And someone else is a better hammerer. If I'm a leading, I'm going to understand that. And the beautiful thing is when you tap into those skills... The house takes care of itself. It gets built faster with, with more success and more skill because you're doing what you do well. It's like my son playing basketball. Yeah. You know, he's 5'10", 5'11". He can't play the low post, mm. right? There's a, there's a guy who's 6'6", who plays the low post. right? And as much as my son could practice and as much as he wanted to, He's not going to be all that effective playing the low post. Right. He's the guy at the top of the key dishing and shooting the three pointer and spreading the defense. And by the way, folks, if you
0: missed it, 5'11 is not tall in the basketball world. Just saying.
1: It's still above average. Well, if you're Spud Webb, maybe you can get in there or Ronnie Price or something. (laughs) Right. But they're still not playing the low post. No, no, they're not. They're at the point. They're not. And they're not. They're not. No, but I, I, I think it's important that you tap into this, to the, to the skills that people have. But leaders, you know, it, it, we, we have an axiom in, in real estate, mm-hmm. location, location, location. Right. If I could give that same axiom in leadership, mm-hmm. communication, communication, communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Communication about the why. Managers yeah. all too often focus on the how, who, when, and where. That's mm-hmm. all I care about. Mm-hmm. They very rarely tell you the why. Mm-hmm. Leaders always tell you the why. That's the whole focus. That's why the purpose. are we doing this? Why are you doing this? The why is what inspires. Oh, totally. And a leader will understand. Abraham Lincoln was a master at telling simple, simple stories. Mm-hmm. Simple stories. There are many examples of people telling simple stories. Uh, Gandhi and and. Uh, Reagan and all sorts of people. Walt Disney was a master at it, telling simple stories as to why we're doing what we're doing.
0: Right. There's an element here. So the vision and the, the appreciation of the purpose. Um, you said some things about discernment. I, I just threw that word in, but that's <laughs> what I heard from you. Discernment, where you're able to look at a person and see that person for who they are, for what they bring to the table, not for how you can fit them into some puzzle piece in this organization.
1: Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, gives a great analogy of the bus Mm -hmm. and making sure you have people on the bus. The right people on the bus. In the right seats. Right. In the right seats. And there's many analogies. In, in, In the book, I talk about a toolbox you have you have people that are incredible hammers, screwdrivers, files. You know they all have a purpose. They all have a a a, a, a job that mm-hmm. they do extremely well. A wrench can be used as a hammer, but why not use a hammer as a hammer?
0: And use the wrench for something else. And use the
1: wrench for tightening bolts. <laughs> Maybe what it's designed for. <laughs> exactly. What a concept. Or what it enjoys doing. Right. <laughs> if I use a right. wrench as a hammer over and over again, it's not going to be. You're going to wear it out really quickly and damage it. And now it's not even a good wrench. There's something here too about humility. I think leaders are incredibly, we ended the first segment with vulnerability. Yeah. I think leaders in today's world are incredibly vulnerable. They are not scared to get up and show emotion, whether it's humor, whether it's frustration, controlled frustration whether it's sadness, they aren't scared to shed a tear, they aren't scared to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. When right. somebody really truly says that, and means it, I will truly follow them. Or if they allow me to make a mistake. When I make a mistake and I bring it to my leader, and they go, hey, leaders encourage honest mistakes. Oh, yeah. Leaders encourage honest mistakes. They don't coddle people and they don't allow people to repetitively make that mistake, but they encourage honest mistakes.
0: Because that means that we're stretching, we're innovating.
1: Exactly. If you're skiing and you're not falling down, once or twice at least, Mm -hmm. you're not pushing yourself. You don't know where your limit is.
0: And none of us is as smart as all of us good leaders, I believe, understand that. And they have the humility to say, you know what? I don't know everything. I don't. But this person who knows different things than I do, even if if you measured IQ and my IQ is higher than theirs, you know, we can get into that destructive pride that says, therefore, everything that they know is already a subset of what I know. It's not true.
1: Yeah, going back to the Kirk story, Kirk knew so much. He taught me so much that day Mm -hmm. that I will be forever grateful, Mm -hmm. you know. I I thought I was being an incredibly patient leader. Mm. In retrospect, I was being a very poor manager.
0: (laughs) A reasonably patient manager. Yes. Yeah, that is so funny how just as human beings we get into this concept that maybe if I do this better then that person will change. And it's yeah. a trap. It's yeah. a trap of thinking.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think so. One of my favorite sayings is, and, and the, the reality is, people do not want to be managed. Management right. is, is taking away someone's uh, dignity, their free agency. If I'm managing you, I'm telling you, this is when you're going to wake up, Paul. This yeah. is when you're going to be at work. And this is what or you're going to Or else. Or else. And this is what you're going to do. Not even horses like to be managed. They don't like to be managed. But here's a secret. People love, people crave being led. Yeah. They want to be led. People want to be led. Well, it's
0: synonymous with being inspired and being loved and being valued.
1: Yep. No, absolutely. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants it.
0: The book is called Don't Just Manage, Lead. And maybe we've got a little better appreciation of that after this conversation. Art, thank you. Thank you. For being here today and sharing some of that wisdom with us. Uh, People can get your book through Amazon.
1: Uh huh. It should be available on Amazon as well as a number of other places.
0: So we'll put up a link on the blog side as well. It's called the title again, folks, Don't Just Manage Lead. The author is our fabulous guest today. Art, spelled just the way you would think coombs spelled with a C O O M B S. double I they get that right you got it right awesome art coombs don't just manage lead art as we're wrapping up our our piece for the day i want i want to encourage everybody to just take what you've learned here today and go out there and do what you know to do to live on purpose become that leader and not just the manager parting words are you get the last word today <laughs> what do you want to leave our listeners with as I, we close out I,
1: I just want to say thank you for inviting me i've thoroughly enjoyed it i really have
0: what a pleasure thank you all right everybody go live on purpose we'll catch you on the next episode